Hey everyone, it's your friendly neighborhood aspiring author Rick Fox, and for the Broly movie, we had the opportunity to do something special. Geekdom 101, a very popular Dragon Ball YouTuber, was graciously able to take the time to talk to me about the film and share his knowledge and insights on it. So, let's get started. Hey, so uh, for all of our listeners here at Opinionated, we have a special guest. Um, this is Geekdom101. You can find him on YouTube. He is a very, very big, very popular uh, YouTuber in the Dragon Ball community. He's got, what is it, 250,000 subscribers at this point? 580,000. That's right. You did hit the, the freezing mark, didn't you? Where have you been, dude? I, didn't, I haven't had <laughs> 250,000 in like three years. <laughs> I might have been thinking of like Rhymestyle or or uh, he's at eight hundred thousand. Like is he seriously? You're you're not that even paying insane. attention to us, bro. <laughs> well, you know when, when you your power believe, levels as low as mine, you know. <laughs> can you believe the lack of respect, people? Gosh, <laughs> well, I'm a monster that way. The last Jedi sucks, so I just want to say that. Anyways, you want to <laughs> well, say that? Well, we will be. We will be getting to that that movie this year when the when the new one comes out. So you That's know, right. you'll get to hear all my thoughts on all my very conflicted thoughts on that movie in in about what nine months when that movie comes out. I actually like I think episode nine is going to be more conflicting though from everything we've been reading. So we'll see. Man, you very much could be correct. I, I it will be amazing to the, the most amazing thing will be if they pull the fandom back together. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that completely. So okay, first thing I actually want to know, uh, just just for my curiosity's sake, is five hundred eight thousand. So <laughs> yes, All yes. Right. No. Uh, so <laughs> you've seen the movie uh, Broly in multiple different languages, right? I saw it in Spanish. Uh, I got to see the Spanish dub recently. I saw a Japanese dub once, uh, and then I saw the English dub like seven times. I saw okay. it. The, I saw the LA premiere, and then Funimation sent me a screener so I could watch it a few more times. So I watched it about four, five, six more times, and I went to the theater to see it one more time. So yeah, I've seen it like nine times already. Yes, <laughs> and I've only I, seen it twice myself. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm jealous of you. <laughs> well, I mean, at least I'm here so I can fill in any gaps you may have. But I will say this. This, uh, you, um, the more I watch it, the more I like it, and the scripts for all the dubs are pretty similar, so uh, I can. Definitely... That was going to be my question. Yeah, no, they are. Like, there's a couple words here and there that are changed. Other than that, they're really, really, really. They synchronize really well. So it's not like one of those situations where like there's a there's a line in the dub that completely changes the meaning of something. It's all pretty much the same story. There is one uh, which actually I've spoken to Shemmel about this too. Uh, there's a line where Gogeta. Well, are we gonna get into it or just just get right into it? Oh yeah, it? Okay. just go right into right, spoilers. Right, this right, uh, right. for anyone that is is worried about spoilers. Yeah, this is gonna be a completely spoiler filled thing. Like I intend to go into the whole story and, and the nuts and bolts of how it works. So yeah, yeah Sean and I went way. back and forth on our interview because I swear I thought I heard Gogeta say that oh um, he basically was like oh uh, when Gogeta speaks in the film he talks to mm -hmm. Frieza he's like you know Goku he says Kakarot and Vegeta have fused together you know to to, to fight and mm -hmm. in the Japanese version and the Spanish version it's supposed to be Goku and Vegeta because. Gogeta is Goku and Vegeta. Gogeta. Vegito right, right. is Vegeta and Kakarotto. Because in the Japanese right. version, his name is Kakarotto. Same thing with the Spanish dub, so it makes sense. Um, the dub, English, called it Kakarot. So that was a mistake that was made. It's not a huge mistake. It doesn't change anything. But right. um, it does, in a, in a way, somewhat take away from when Goku calls himself Kakarot at the end of the film. Plus, everybody knows that Gogeta is Goku and Vegeta. So uh, basically, he told me it's too late to change it. It's already been sent out. It's in the movie theater. What can hmm. you do? What can you do? That is... 
that is interesting, especially with with him calling himself Kakarot at the end of the movie, which is something I do kind of want to talk to you about well, and get your get your thoughts on. Well, what's funny about it is I believe that Sean was saying that Sabbath said, and this I don't really remember the details of it, but I think he said something to the effect of um, that the effect of uh, that Vegeta would never say Kakarot. The problem is that he or he did. Or I'm sorry, Vegeta would never say Goku. The problem is that when they made Gogeta the first time in the first Fusion Reborn uh, movie twelve, that he did say it. So you know what I mean? It's just one of yeah, those. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, it's just a mistake. I hope it may not get fixed for the blue, but I don't think it's a big enough mistake to where it's right. Yeah, that it's, bad. I mean, the the only thing that I could see that I saw that I thought was a a significant mistake within the movie, as far as like continuity and that kind of thing, was um, th- like they didn't have two two wishes on the Dragon Balls, right? Like, supposed that, to be three wishes. A, it's supposed to be three. It, yep. Well, Resur- it's supposed to be three now. Resurrection F, and this movie screwed it up. It's supposed huh, to be three. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And in the Dragon Ball Super TV series, they fixed it in Resurrection F the arc, which was not very good, but they did change the three wishes in the TV version. Huh. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because what huh. happened was at the end of the Boo Saga, Dende, we find out that Dende upgraded the Dragon Balls to do three wishes, and it's almost like the line was either forgotten about or Toriyama changes. I don't even know, but it's I mean, it to is Toriyama. He does forget things a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think that is my, that makes sense about that. Yeah, I think it, yeah. Yep. Um, okay, so let's kind of go back to, to, to the beginning of the movie. We can kind of get towards the end, you know, once we get there. But it'll be easier for me if we're, if we're talking about it kind of chronologically. Sure. Um, so what I kind of want, before I, I give you thought, my thoughts on it, what do you think of the, uh, the, the pr- sort of prequel part of this, of this story? You know what I mean? Like the parts that are set, you know, before present time, all the stuff on, on Planet Vegeta. I think a lot of things were cut out from Toriyama's original script. When you, I think so too. Right. Ah, good. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. When you watch it, the narrative is very disjointed and unfocused. Um, it's it's a lot of cutting around. Um, mm-hmm. We have like like it's almost like you know he puts the focus on Frieza and King Cold, then King Vegeta, then Paragus, then Bardock, and we're kind of going back and forth with all these characters. And there's not really a set narrative. And there's also scenes that I thought were kind of unusual. Uh, to be put in there, like I think Frieza making his decision to wipe out the entire planet, I think was something that was almost rushed in a way. Also, uh, Bardock, like he had battle art, battle damage when he actually yes, yeah, I was going to point that out. I don't know if there's any deleted scenes. I we don't know that yet as of this recording. Um, right. Animated movies usually don't have that many, but or any at all. Uh, but mm-hmm. it definitely felt like he was trying to tell too many stories. The the Paragus stuff I thought was solid, but the um. Uh, the, the, the Bardock stuff was not that necessary, but they had to do it to kind of tell like, hey, this is the journey of Kakarot, Vegeta, and, uh, and Broly. So, I don't know. I would have preferred for it to probably be longer or maybe not even the movie at all, honestly. What, what frustrates me about that is that they are, with the movie as it is, they are super, super close to having this um, really interesting thematic you know tie between the three of them and their parents and how they treated them growing up right because you've got you've got you know king vegeta and his his immense pride in his son but on his side it seems to be none of it is for vegeta's sake um and i think that you could kind of read some of that into his character for further on into you know dragon ball as as he develops but with paragus he's kind of a a middle ground you've got him and he is you know, to me at least, I've I've had some discussions on Twitter with people who kind of disagree with me. Um, but you know, <laughs> I know, right? I'm so <laughs> I'm normally so agreeable. Um, 
But the way that I read Paragus in the movie is that he does have some level of love and affection for Broly, but it is overshadowed by a large amount of fear and a lot of um, uh, desire for revenge and, and this this way that he sees Broly as a weapon. But that I think that I get some level of genuine care in there mixed in as well. He, just he like, had to because, hell, he left the planet for the boy. Exactly. That and, like, for, for me at least – at, towards the end when Broly is, you know, in his fight and when he keeps getting almost beaten, the way that I see that is not – I don't see Paragus entirely being like, oh, no, my my plan for revenge is failing. What I see there is, you know, a, a, at least a certain amount of, oh, God, my son is getting the crap beat out of him. I've never seen anything like that happen before, you know? Yeah, and he's also concerned, too. He's like, okay, Broly, give it up. You know, uh, one of the things I wondered about, and I actually thought it might be a plot hole, but it's really not a plot hole, but it is an unresolved plot thread is Broly got transferred over to Vampa at the end of the film, and I'm thinking, okay, we know earlier in the film Broly gets extremely upset. His eye, hell, his pupil exploded when his dad died. That so was so if, sick. Oh, it was awesome, but it was sad. Uh, you yeah. know, it was a mix, but okay. So, now that he knows, because I'm assuming Sheila told him about the wish-granting balls, wouldn't he want to wish his dad back to life? I mean, he if he knows he can do that, you would think that would be a motivation for the character going forward, and I also feel like they're not going to do that, even though they should do it, because it makes sense. Huh. That does make sense. Actually, I I had had a thought that, uh, and this is this is super fan fictiony. So you know, um, but what if like because they they did a lot to kind of establish Planet Vegeta and all the Saiyans in this movie. It would be super interesting if they decided to like gather the Super Dragon Balls and wish back all the Saiyans. Because then you could finally have some interaction between Goku and and his parents, which has never happened before. And in this movie, like. I don't like minus at all. I'm I'm like a lot of fans in that, but like that that they moment it, when they made like, it a little bit better. That I think in the movie, I do think they made it a little bit better. I still have certain issues with it, and I'll I'll talk about that in a minute. But that moment when you know uh, Bardock puts his hand on the pod and Goku puts his little hand up to his dad's hand, like that got me. And maybe that's because I recently had a son myself. But man, that that moment did did hit me in the feels. Well, it it did. Uh, it was and the music and the that's what really hit me is the music. You know, mm. like we talk about Star Wars a lot, you and I, and uh, the music has always been a very important part of the showcase of emotion in that film. And I think Dragon Ball is the same way. And Sumitomo did um, great. He did absolutely yeah. great stuff. Um, you know, that being said, though, I agree, and I think that I I, I hate to say it, and it's gonna I don't like minus either, but. I like this Bardock. Like, he's not... He is more of a loving dad, but then again, it's almost like freaking Paragus is too. So Toriyama's mm-hmm. kind of retconning it to where, yes, the Saiyans were definitely warriors who loved to fight, but they also did care about their family, which actually he never really said that all Saiyans didn't care about their family. Uh, so I think that does make sense, you, you know? Yeah, we... I think a lot of people got that impression from the Bardock special. But if um, somebody, yeah, but if somebody, uh, if they do, because okay, that idea that you said is one that a lot of fans have talked about, and people think Vegeta should do it, and he's not going to do it because he doesn't care. Vegeta's moved past that. But if you have another character, like a Paragus, like, I mean, there would be a great storyline. Again, now we're talking fan fiction here. If, oh, yeah. In the sequel <laughs> to Broly, whether it be a film or whether it be a um, whatever. On, on it, the TV series? Yeah, yeah, TV series. They could have Broly wish Paragus back, you know, and then Paragus, you know, f- realizes that Goku and Vegeta were – they spared him 
And then at some point, Paragus and Broly find out that Frieza is the one who wiped out Planet Vegeta. And then that could lead to them using the balls to wish Planet Vegeta back. And then you have a storyline where Goku and Vegeta don't want to deal with these Saiyans because they're most of them are pricks. And you could have like a rebellion happen. <laughs> then you've got new enemies. There's a lot of stuff they can do. Universe 6 get involved. And then for also sure. Broly and Paragus might go after Frieza for lying to them. You know, there's a lot of things, ways they can go. Oh, going yeah. forward. The, I mean, tons. The really interesting way that, you know, again, fan fiction-y as hell, but the really interesting way that I had thought of would be, it would be funny if, like, the person who wants to make the wish doesn't end up doing it. It's some other character, and, like, they don't get the wish right, so they say something like, bring back all the Saiyans who've died, and it brings back every Saiyan who's ever died, and then you can bring back, like, in ancient Saiyans, or even, like, what's his name? Uh, Yamoshi. Uh, that, that everybody, wants, really everybody wants Yamoshi. That's a mm-hmm. popular uh, thing with fans. <laughs> remember, remember when everyone thought that Broly was Yamoshi when oh, the promos for this were first coming out? <laughs> right, and it's funny because uh, I didn't think, like, I didn't think it was exactly Yamoshi, but I certainly didn't think it was Broly. That's man, the nobody. One. That was the joke between everyone. Like, just what if it was it was Broly, and everyone was like, "Ha ha, no, that's no way." And then, bam, Broly. <laughs> right? No, I agree and, with you completely. It was shocking as hell. Still is shocking. Yeah, definitely. What I love about it, though, is it's it's a lot like Frieza, because the reason that everyone was talking about how they, you know, it would be horrible to bring back Broly is that they hadn't done anything good with his character. Um, and then with this movie, much like when they brought Frieza back for the Terminant of Power in this movie, the things that they've chosen to do with the character have worked really, really well, and they've they've expanded on it and made it a lot more fun. And, like, Broly in this movie is maybe one of my favorite characters in the entire show. Like, it's, it's, there's not enough of him there to, to really say that for sure, but I love what they did with him. No, and, and the thing is, people were saying, oh, Broly's canon and all this, and it's like, well, I don't like using that word, but mm-hmm. it's not the same Broly. It's almost like a new character that happens to have the same name as, as, as Broly. It's not the same Broly at all to me. No, it's um, not. Like, he, because no, the old Broly yeah. was just a straight up psychopath. Like, he, he was just a monster. There was no, no real personality there. He was, he was just basically the Hulk in a Dragon Ball Z movie. Actually, I think that this is the Hulk, um, more so because. Well, yeah, he does have the Bruce Banner side to him. Well, yeah. that's what I'm saying is that, you know, when he's. His normal self, he's very timid, you know, and then you, when he gets stronger, 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 he becomes the Hulk. Whereas old Broly was just straight up sadistic. I mean, he was, you know, he was blowing Doomsday up might planets. Be a better. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of different ways. He was he was the devil. I mean, he said he was the devil. This Broly is without question a sympathetic character. In fact, when you when you look at the film, you know, and we've talked about this uh, in other aspects of social media and in other videos. Broly is the main character of this movie. Broly is like it's like Thanos. He's the villain, but he's yeah. the main character. And also, I was bring that up. Yep. In some ways, if you kind of think about it, Goku and Vegeta are the antagonists in a weird way. You know, it took yeah, absolutely it, it's two on one. You know, mm-hmm. and Frieza, Goku, Vegeta, and Frieza are kind of like the antagonists, and it's 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 a Even weird Paragus, way to look really, at if it. You think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With that relationship, with the shock collars and everything, like it, Broly is mm-hmm. like the definitive good guy, and they gave him Chi Lai, so. I mean, there has to be. I refuse to believe they didn't do this on accident. I mean, whether it be Toriyama or Akio Iyoku, whoever continues um, to do Dragon Ball stories, mm-hmm. they have to freaking, they have to, like, 
dude Sheila and Broly's son versus Oob or something. I don't oh, know. Oh, man. That would be crazy. Oh. It's got to be something, dude, because they can't just ship those two and not do something with that. You know, Sheila's got to... She's basically space Bulma, so I mean... She really is. What's going to happen when her and Bulma have a disagreement over something? I mean, that's going to be a fun scene. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, yeah. So... You know, uh, you know, I, I kind of want to go back to to Bardock and the minus thing for for just a minute here, um, because this kind of plays into Broly's character. I I would have loved this movie so much more, and I feel like, uh, let me ask you this real quick, just to to back, to jump back because this Whatever is something that want. I've heard. Let's talk about it. Um, so from what I've heard, when uh, Akira Toriyama gave whoever you know storyboarded out the whole movie his his ideas it for was the whole three movie, hours. It was three hours, yep. so they cut out what an hour and and how many like minutes? an hour and twenty or something. But it's not that they we got to get this clear cleared up. They didn't okay. animate three hours. They cut it from the script from the storyboard. So there's right like you like you're talking about. There's tons of material that that Toriyama submitted that was not used in the film, and it's interesting. I've got to wonder. Yeah, well, if, that, everybody's if, if, wondering like, about this one. Like where did it where did it come out of? Because there's obvious places where it could have come out of, and I think that a lot of the stuff at the beginning is where it makes sense to cut a good amount because I can see that story kind of taking over things and not being what a lot of Dragon Ball fans would want. Because I mean, there is just a big portion of, at least I think, the Dragon Ball fans that just want to get to the fighting, and it does take a while to get to the fighting in this movie. Well, it does, and I like that. Like, I like how it was story, story, story. There was a a tiny bit of action at the beginning with Frieza, but it didn't bore me. It didn't bore me at all, I don't think. And uh, the fighting was great, but that's because it's, you know, that well, that great animation. But yeah, you're right. Um, I think a lot of what was cut was probably the flashback stuff. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. that might be it. But also, how does Sheila find out what the Dragon Balls do? Like, there's a lot of things in the movie that they don't actually. Yeah, so I don't know. And why does Whis get involved in the fight for like a second? That's that's odd. Yeah, like well, it, it I, could I just guess be Broly what it is, swung but at him first. That's the way I saw it, right? Broly <laughs> that, just swinging. That probably at is it. It's just like Broly's been beating on Frieza for literally an hour at that point, which I love. Like Frieza totally earned that that beating. Hey, he killed um, his dad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Karma man. got him. You know exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know for the basically more than the entire length of the tournament of power, Frieza was just getting hammered into the ground. <laughs> right, and um, I was okay with that. Even but though I like, almost people were like, well, how do you survive an hour? I have no idea. It's a joke anyways. Who cares? It's a gag. Exactly. No, it's a gag. Like, let it let it be. Just ride with it. Yeah. Um, with, uh, I almost wonder if, like, in the original version, Broly noticed Bulma or something and went after her for a second, and that's when Whis kind of is like, oh, hey, pay attention to me for a second. I love like, that Like, I'm not going to get involved, but I'll let you, let you, you know, throw a few punches at me, and they, they cut a little bit of that. But, yeah, there's stuff like that where it's clear that something is gone. And you mentioned the the Bardock losing, you know, some of his armor right before he tries to blast the the Frieza death right. ball thing. Yeah. Um, and I really wish that we'd gotten... I, I just want to know what is there. Like, I, as as bad as the Battle of Gods and Re, uh, Resurrection of F, like, arcs in Super were, I almost want them to try and do something like that with Broly just so they can expand more on this and maybe give us some more of that story that was apparently there at some point. I, I um, agree with that completely. I would love to see it. And that's really the only reason I want to see a TV adaptation. I don't want the animation won't be as good. The budget won't be as good. The performance may not be as good. But Mm -hmm. uh, that edited stuff, I want to see it. You know what's weird is they released a Dragon Ball Super Broly novel in Japan. Um, Really? Yes. That's weird because they've never really, I mean, they have done it, but it's been years. It, oh, yeah. wait, I did hear about that when everyone was arguing about the whole, like, is Goku going Ultra Instinct for a second? That's right. And here's the weird thing is you would think 
you would think that maybe you would think that maybe they would have the lost Toriyama stuff in there, and it's not there. So I don't really? even. Yeah, it's not there. Because I would have heard about it. Herms, I think Herms huh. and Cipher all read through it, and there's nothing that's not in the movie there. So I'm just thinking, huh? They like, must have just decided to stick with the the movie adaption because there's no reason to do that except you know space concerns, and that's not nearly as big a deal in a in a in a novel. Huh. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, we talk about Star Wars all the time. Like the novels usually has like, you know, the, the novelizations of all movies, ain't just Star Wars, deleted mm-hmm. scenes, expanded scenes, more dialogue. Yeah. Hell, I have the novelization for Star Wars A New Hope. And in that version, they call the red pilots blue, blue five, blue three. It's weird, mm-hmm. but I swear yeah, it's it, blue. That's yeah, weird. it's it's very strange, and I think a big part of that is just you know different. You're getting that book at different times in the production cycle. Like it's you don't know exactly what's gonna make it in the movie when you're handed the script, that kind of thing. And and also just like the process of writing a novel is very different from the process of of making a movie. You would know, um, aren't you a writer? I am. Or is that uh, my, a secret? My first book. No, that's not a secret at all. My my first uh, at the beginning of all my podcasts, I, I tell everyone I'm an aspiring author. Um, but uh, yeah, my first book actually hopefully should be out this year. So I was be too. Cool. I actually wrote a book when I was in seventh grade. Legit, legit. Not even kidding. Nice. And, yeah. Awesome. And then and then what happened was it took me like three four years, and then it was 250 pages, and then lightning struck my computer, destroyed my hard drive, was gone. Now no way. It happens. Now that was back in seventh grade. Now what happened was Oof. I went back to rewrite the book because it was obviously written by a seventh grader so it wasn't good right, right. but I had the story in my head so I wrote the, the book again and I dropped it because I got writer's block and I just didn't I just I, I was so unhappy with it so now I'm gonna I'm about to start the book over again I'm gonna eventually start it over again you know again okay. you know hey, hey, you, if, you, if you need anyone to talk to to help you kind of figure all that stuff out because I, I know I know exactly how writer's block is well I'm, I was gonna ask there. you have you ever done that before where you're you actually start over again. Like, screw this! I gotta start over again. Like, you know, like. <laughs> well, oh. the book that I'm I'm working on that I've 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 finished my most recent draft of it very recently. Um, I have I have been writing that same book in in multiple drafts and changed massive things about it so it wouldn't look anything like it. But I've been basically writing this book for about seven years now and it, just getting better and getting better and getting better at, at writing and and how that craft of that works. And and then I'm, when you I'm, read like another book, you get inspired by that author and you want to change your style. Oh, yeah. Yeah. bit i hate it oh <laughs> it is it's really hard the the thing that i've learned is that you know sometimes you just got to push through and put out some crap and you know move on to the next thing like trying to do the same the same book over and over again which i've done can be helpful in in helping you learn learn the craft of things but it also at a certain point you just got to go okay nope i'm done i'm gonna move on i have to make this happen Right. Okay. Anyways, yeah, there's a novel for Broly and there's nothing else extra mm-hmm. in there. So we'll see if there's any deleted scenes. I don't know. Honestly, I don't I would be know. very surprised if it was. But again, it's a three-hour script, so the least they could do is maybe tell us what was in that three-hour script. Man, I would kill to see that script. Well, so kill to I. have Herm see that script so that he can tell me what it says. <laughs> right, we'll find somebody to translate, I'm sure. Right, right. Um, so uh, the what what do you think of, of Broly on, on Vampa? Because that's one of my favorite parts of the movie, honestly. It, I, I don't want to go back to Star Wars, bro, but when you have that scene with uh, Paragus using those little binoculars, it's like a New Hope Luke looking for sand people. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was for awesome. sure is, yeah. Total, total space opera. But Toriyama said it was one. I love it. And again, you want to talk about deleted scenes. 
I believe, and I do believe this, that in the original script, we actually saw Broly go Uzaru. I do believe that was in the original script. Just call it a hunch, call it a guess, whatever. In the uh, in the movie, they only discussed Broly going Great Ape. I think we actually see him going Great Ape in the original script, and they had to cut it for time. I think I think that that would that would make sense, especially since they talk about him, you know, using the the Great Ape power in his base form thing. Yeah, you know? maybe we, um, there were scenes of him learning that, and we never even saw it. I don't know. Right. Uh, okay, so you'll you'll know the answer to this because um, I've talked to people about this on on Twitter. Uh, so there is a either a fan theory or a, a like someone has explained this at Super some point. Saiyan it's 4. probably a fan theory. No, it wasn't Super Saiyan Four. What it was is so you remember when um, Goku fought King Piccolo, right? And he's he's just gotten the actual super water that made him a lot stronger. And when he does the Kamehameha with one hand and throws himself up at Demon King Piccolo to punch him, he like it shows the Ozaru behind him. I love that. I've, They've actually done that several times. I've wondered if that is the same thing that, or something similar to what Broly is doing in this movie. That would be a really interesting idea, and another thing to connect Broly and Goku uh, as characters. I think with that's you know, the same know, thing. I think in order for that to work, Goku would have had to have had yellow eyes. Um, mm. So I think it's a new thing for for Broly. One thing I will tell you, and this is something that you pick up on from watching the Japanese version, especially if you watch it with the original broadcast audio. Like, there's a reason why fans really look for the original broadcast audio because the drive. Dragon Boxes mm-hmm. and the Funimation releases do not have the original broadcast audio, much cleaner version. You mean, you mean specifically for the Dragon Ball episode that we're talking about? Well, Dragon Ball and Z, I was going to get to that, okay, um, okay. is that it, they actually use, and I talked to Sean about this the other day too for Ultra Instinct, they did it for Ultra Instinct, they use the Uzaru Great Ape Roar often as an artistic, um, uh, I guess, representation of... of uh, of the of characters, power. yeah. For for example, you mentioned the punch with Piccolo. That's a good one. When Goku first goes Super Saiyan against Frieza on Namek, um, you do kind of hear uh, Nozawa's voice go ah, like very differently. And then when mm-hmm. now this is one that's hard to pick up on unless you actually really listen. I picked up on it just a few years ago, and I've seen this scene a million times. When Gohan goes Super Saiyan two, when he goes back and screams, you can hear in the background the Great Ape roar. Really. It's there. It's interesting. It's there. It's huh. I, I've been I've seen that scene maybe ten thousand times since I was in high school, uh, which was a long time ago because I'm 34, and I never noticed it until just a few years ago. And I, when Goku does Ultra Instinct and that scene where he jumps off the pole or the the pillar, to yeah, go that out, big weird roar that he's got. That's going on. the Ozaru roar. So they like to use oh. that. It's not in the dub. It's not in the dub at all. They love to use that as like an artistic thing. So I think mm-hmm. that's that's more that versus it being the Broly thing. I think I think the idea is that Broly discovered this on his own. Also, I think the idea if if they want if they want to go power scaling is that. If grade 8 gives you a 10 times multiplier, and then Broly went Super Saiyan on top of that, 10 times 50 is 500. So he's 500 times stronger. Maybe that's their explanation for why he was able to go toe-to-toe with Gogeta Blue. I don't know, bro. That's what the (laughs) scalers would say. I I love – okay, so this is something I do definitely want to talk about. I love the way that they position Broly in all of the fights. We talked about how he is sort of the the protagonist of the movie, but in all of the fights, he starts off the fight as the underdog. You know, when when Vegeta and him go at it, Vegeta is kicking his ass, and then he kind of comes back, and then Vegeta will step it up, and he'll he'll get used to that and and start hitting on Vegeta again. And it continues to be that way pretty much up until Gogeta gets to blue and – and Broly can't keep up anymore. Well, I love when when uh, when Gogeta first won SSJ and Broly just punches him. Like if you yeah. notice, he's like, you know, now it's our turn. Ah, boom, powers up, then boom, just Broly just punches him. Mm-hmm. I did love how 
every fight in the movie was different. Goku, I'm sorry, Vegeta versus Broly, then Goku versus Broly, then Broly Gogeta. They were all different kinds of fights. Vegeta was doing was using capoeira kicks and um, mm-hmm. very. He was using a very. Um, not so flashy style. Goku was using way more key blast than, than than Vegeta was. Also, they had that first person view for Broly fighting Goku, which was incredible to see. Yeah. More of that, please, uh, Dragon Ball uh, producers. <laughs> and then when Gogeta I, was just a complete colorful acid trip. What I really loved about the different fights is you could see that both Goku and Vegeta were fighting differently in their different forms. So, like, in in base form, they have one sort of style. When they go Super Saiyan, they seem to get more vicious and more... uh, They're using more power in their fights. But when they go to... Uh, God, they start using more more fluid things. Like Goku has that moment where you know he takes Broly and throws him, that kind of thing. I love that. And I think that's really cool that they not only incorporated the the softer look into um, into God, but for to me at least, for both of of them, their fighting style also has not necessarily a softer side to it, but a more fluid. We're working more on on uh, less trying to overpower Broly and and a more technical. fluid style of fighting. Yeah, yeah, the technical way of fighting. Right, and, I, and I, I'll tell you this. Um, I will tell you this. I don't know about you, but when Vegeta went God, huge reaction in the movie theater. Oh, oh my, my. People both, were losing I, it. Both times I've seen it, like like the entire crowd was like, yeah! Even I took my nephew to it the second time, and uh, he he had never seen anything Dragon Ball related at all. That's like, not a good I, movie to start him with, bro, because there's a lot it, of great animation oh, it wasn't. the TV series it, can't keep up. You know <laughs> oh, it definitely wasn't. Like I said, his expectations way too high on certain parts of it. But uh, like like when I talked to him about it, he was like, okay, so what do you know about Dragon Ball? And he was like, I... I know the main character's name Goku, and he can do a Super Saiyan. <laughs> that cracked me up. Right. But how um, old is he? He is like eleven. Okay, adorable. Um, yeah, well, like he probably right would love Spider Dragon Ball. He'd probably love Spider. Oh man, I need to take him to see that too. Yes, that movie was so good. Yes, you do. Um, but uh, so let's see, what else did I want to talk to you about on this? Um. I love the way they use Frieza in this movie because, like, it, 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 they managed to keep a lot of his menace as a character, but also give him a ton of interesting, like, uh, just just the way that he's really funny throughout the movie. Because parts of it are just, you know, how petty he is, like the five centimeter wish thing. Um, and I like how that's connected to Bulma's wish as well, and kind of connecting those two characters. Because there's a moment where, like, you're you zoom in on Bulma's eyes right after she's. Uh, had her told told them what their wish is, and then it pops into Frieza, and then they also have that same wish. So I like that kind of thematic connection that they're doing there as well, even though it doesn't really mean that much in the grand scheme of things. I just like that that transition, right? And, and also, uh, I love that. And, and like I said, all the fights were different. You know, Goku um, obviously doing that God bind that was cool, and then you know mm-hmm. the Gogeta thing was just like we said a big acid trip. But when it comes to Frieza. I'm surprised that you said you liked it because I do too, but people were over here saying that he's become like a comic relief character and I think he's just become like the recurring mastermind villain like the Joker more than him being a comic relief character. I mean he did get beat up by Broly, but he wasn't going to get – he wasn't going to get no shots in on Broly, not if Gogeta was going to be the guy to beat him. 
So what's interesting to me about this is that they might be moving towards fixing one of Dragon Ball's biggest narrative problems. So throughout all of Dragon Ball, you constantly have this problem of it's hard to have characters be interesting in terms of fights because there's really only characters that are stronger than characters and characters that are weaker than characters. There's not a lot of, you know, people that are in the same range, so you don't know who's going to fight. Usually if two characters are going to fight, like... You know who's going to win if Piccolo and Yamcha fight. Like, there's no no questions there. Right. Um, and so, what's interesting is that with with Hit, with Jiren, with Kefla, uh, Kefla, I guess. Um, Same thing. With uh, yeah, with with Golden Frieza, even kind of with Gohan, you have all these characters that are now suddenly in the same sort of fighting power range of Goku. They're not, you know, necessarily either clearly stronger or clearly weaker than them and even if they are they're still kind of within that that general range of his power and if they keep you know kind of littering the world with people that are in his range that's much more interesting and gives you a lot more story opportunities than if you just clearly have him at the top of the, at the top of the world you know no one can touch him at all that that gives you just so many different ways that you can have these characters play off and, and bounce off of each other I like the idea of Frieza not being able to tangle with Goku and Vegeta physically so he has to get other people like Broly or whoever whoever mm-hmm. to help him out yeah like it could be interesting if you know he can't take Goku and Vegeta on his own but if he gets Broly in there all he maybe has to do is hold off say Vegeta for a little while until Broly you know beats Goku and then he can just let Broly finish off Vegeta like that that kind of thing where you can you can have them play funny interesting uh or or even complex plots against one one another no, I agree with that. And, you know, there's all kind. There's so many different directions they can go with this. Again, Freeze can go back and try and manipulate Broly again. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to work this time. Um, he could try and get, maybe he's going to go back to Namek and do something. There's also fans want cooler. And I, I don't know if Toriyama is actually paying attention or if the Dragon Ball Room is paying attention to that, if that's really a big deal. But there's a lot. Now that Broly's been rewritten, any mm-hmm. character. Because I could totally see a redo of Cooler. I could see a redo of Bojack. Toriyama can do anything he wants, but the rules are out the window. Oh yeah, like he always throws the wheels out the window. What's one of the things that's always fascinating to me about Dragon Ball in general is just how many different genres the the story goes through. It's got comedy, it's got horror, it's got sci-fi, it's got action, it's got adventure, it's got fantasy, it's got everything. He'll just do whatever he wants, and he he kind of just you know runs with whatever he thinks the most interesting story will be. And I I, I admire about him, uh, that about him and his storytelling style. Right, and well, a thing about Toriyama's storytelling style now, and I picked up on this thanks to talking to Hale Zeon about it. I think, okay, and this is not a good thing, but it's not a terrible thing either. I think Toriyama, look at Dragon Ball Super. We've got two movie retellings, two tournaments, and and an arc in the middle. I think Toriyama's writing like movie plots more than arc plots, and that's why the arcs in Super are so short. I think he's writing little movies, but he's not writing these long, expansive arcs because when he was writing the manga originally, he was just making it up as he went along week after week after week, mm-hmm. so it dragged and dragged and dragged and dragged. Whereas now he's kind of writing stories in one shot. And if you look at his other works, you really have to examine his other works like Dr. Slump and mm-hmm. – um, God, there's so many of them, dude um, – you know, t- Tomato Girl Detective. Toriyama's stories are usually not very long. They're usually short, and mm-hmm. they are um, not, you know, like even Dr. Slump. Like, you'll see things in Dr. Slump where you'll have, like, the earth blow up, and then the next panel, everything's fine. Like, it's just, right. it's a big gag. Um, yeah. So, so I think when it comes to stories Toriyama's writing, 
I don't know if he's, I don't want to say capable of, but he just doesn't write the way he used to. Um, these long, like the Cell Saga, the Boo Arts, they they're long. That's definitely true. I think it, it comes out of, uh, it's sort of what you're saying. It, okay, so so I'm a writer. I And it, within writer circles, there's there's two kinds of writers, right? Um, you have your your George R. R. Martins of the world, and they're what you call either plant uh, pantsers or you call them. Uh, He's gonna uh, die partners. before that damn fire and ice <laughs> series is over, bro. Man, it, it maybe it's it's possible. At least we'll have the the TV series. To is tell us is what it maybe is happens. it true that the fans get pissed at him whenever he tweets that he's doing something besides writing? Like I'm, I had one of my boys tell me that he would tweet out pictures of him like on a bicycle or eating, and he'll get tweets saying, "Finish the book, finish the book." It's absolutely a hundred percent true, and I it's can't super shitty. The fans it. treat him that way, like like the, the fans of people who write are just they can be just super annoying and entitled you know it's fans of anything you know you can get they're scared he's gonna die and we're not gonna get the game of thrones ending even though i think the producers of the show already know the ending oh yeah the the i mean that that thing is in the can like that's gonna happen but you know he's also said that his version of the story would be different and if you've read the books versus like watch the the show there there's huge huge differences in there but what i was saying is the way that he writes uh, he's what you call a gardener or a a pantser someone who writes by the seat of their pants yeah yeah i, I is, call it a they, discovery writer yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, they they sit down and they they kind of just whatever comes out of their head is what they write. And you know, with with books, you go back and you edit it more. You know, previously, you know what you you edit all that and make it into something that is more coherent, something that flows better overall, um, as opposed to someone who is like me who has to have the whole plot line kind of thought out before they start writing. Yeah, Toriyama I'm the same seems way. Much more like that. Toriyama seems much more like that discovery writer. And if you're that kind of writer and someone asks you to put out the whole arc, yeah, you're, I think that naturally you're going to make it shorter. Um, if you're doing something like the, the, the weekly manga thing, though, especially if you've got, what was it, Torishima that was throwing curveballs at him? Like, no, I don't like these, these androids. You That's new just androids. one of the people throwing curveballs at him. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Well, but really, he was the main one. Yeah, I mean, it's become a joke. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but it's funny you mentioned that because, no, I think, I think you're, you're absolutely right that he can't. So what, what I think they should do, my opinion, is I think what they should do is take Toriyama's arcs that he writes for Super, I'm talking about Super Returns, and have a continuity editor, somebody go in and actually mm-hmm. add something to the middle of the arc and make revisions to make it longer. Because the Trunks arc was a very poorly written arc. As much as it was fun to watch, back and forth going through time, there wasn't really a, a developing story there. It was just, you could have told that in a movie, literally in a movie. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and then Terminal of Power had to get fluffed out because they were you know, they had a lot of fighters, but even that was problematic to say the least. You know that there mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff wasn't even written by Toriyama, like you know Kale's character, Ribrian mm-hmm. having a first form. There's so much stuff Toriyama did not even write. All he did was write the elimination. Yeah. So I don't know. I just feel like if Super comes back, they really need to. They really need to to step up the writing. I mean, so I, I think that. And I'm I'm basing this on, on hearsay and not being say. an informed person, uh, but I think that a lot of the problems with the writing are very similar to the problems that you had with the uh, the animation throughout Super's run. Like they they kind of were stepping it up more toward as the series went on, but even towards the beginning, like the the writing of those things is is really really rough. And I think that a lot of that is that you've got so many writers and they don't just don't have time to right. to you're smooth right. out those character arcs. Everything. And that kind of thing. No, so, you're yeah. right. It's like what happened. That's literally exactly what happened. You have one writer who wants to do something special for Gohan. Oh, let's give Gohan a little bit of shine. Then the next writer doesn't really care about that. It's just like in comic books. You know, you have to see when you have different writers coming in, oh, and it's yes. not good. You have to have some, one of these 
guys. And Nagamine as a director is way too loose. Oh, do what you want. Do what you want. Do what you want. That's all we heard in the interviews. No, we need mm-hmm. somebody to go in there and have and come up with a formula, not formulaic, with a, a, a narrative, a story that coincides with what Toriyama wrote, but also does not have plot holes in it and expands the arc. And give us a real Dragon Ball arc, like Dragon Ball and Z, you know, the stuff that we grew up with. Because, again, mm-hmm. I like Super. I had fun with it. But it does not compare to the original series in my eyes. I can I can completely understand that. There, there are moments of, of absolute brilliance within Super. But the, the thing as a whole is very, very, it's like a roller coaster. It's up and down everywhere. Like that moment when, when we first get uh, Ultra Instinct Omen, that is so gorgeous and so well staged and so well put together. But, you know, when, when Mastered Ultra, Ultra Instinct finally shows up, it's kind of a disappointment in, in comparison, you know? Well, I, I agree. I think Ultra Instinct Omen was a lot cooler. And plus, the episode was produced better. You had the music dun, mm-hmm. dun, for the first time. You had that. You could f- feel the struggle to get it out there by the end. And that first person shot of Goku flying in with the kick and Jiren dodging. Oh, it was man. great. It was great. And then by the time you get to Ultra Instinct Mastered, I don't know about you, but I was sick of the new transformation. They just gave Vegeta a new form like 10 episodes earlier. Like, I was just so sick of more transformations. And I kind of agree with you. Come but on, on the one hand, like, you know? like with Vegeta, I was I was really happy they finally gave Gogeta – or Gogeta uh, – Vegeta his own form that wasn't something he was copying from Goku. That was the one thing that I was like, okay, I, I don't like the way this looks. I don't like the way you're handling it. But it is nice that, that Vegeta finally has his own thing for once. I agree. I'm not saying that that's I have a problem with Vegeta getting his own thing. I, I'm saying that it makes Ultra Instinct Gray version, the true version, Master Ultra Instinct, mm-hmm. less effective if you've got like, yeah. Because dude, there's they did so much in that arc, man. We saw new forms for even Khalifa, Kale, and Kaba got new forms. We've already seen them, but you know, Vegeta, uh, you know, two new Goku forms. I just think mm-hmm. it was too much too soon. You know? it, it was. Yeah, I agree with you. They they gotta um, stop so, with the new forms, dude. Just give Broly his little thing and leave it like that, you know. I, I kind of agree with you overall, to be honest. Like more more forms probably sell more toys, but that's not what's good for the story at this point. At this point we already have enough toys being sold. So mm. um let's let's kinda get back to, to, to Broly for a little while longer. Um Of course. <laughs> so uh what 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 have we gone over already? Um okay, so do you think okay so with Broly this is what I want to talk about the, the the best thing to me about Broly is and the final fight of that is that we finally get a well I guess not finally because they did it in GT with Gogeta but they they didn't pull the like oh you know there's too much power being used you can't use this fusion form anymore you got to find another way to deal with this problem I'm so glad that they didn't go that route with it that would have been just awful you mean like Gogeta defuser before he's about to win yeah I'm glad yeah pulling a Vegito every like, every time they do that and, Ugh, and it's just pe- the worst people have been wondering like how Gogeta was able to stay fused and it's like well remember cinematic timing they're fighting at like beyond the speed of light especially when they mm-hmm. go into that other dimension so oh, yeah and I'm not trying to make up for bad writing or good writing I'm saying that it's always been this way so so even though it obviously the fight in real time was film time was eight minutes or whatever the case is in the actual mm-hmm. Dragon Ball where it might have been two minutes for all we know you know it might have been right yeah I don't think it took that, that long that that and it's sort of like so uh, something they talk about in writing uh, this is something that that Alfred Hitchcock said if if you've got a situation in a thriller that would be solved by what if they just called the police 
that makes for a boring story. So that's why they don't call the police. It's not really for any reason that necessarily inside the thing. Like, you should probably come up with that if you feel like your, your audience is going to ask that question. But at the end of the day, what's important is what makes the most interesting, fun story. And Gogeta managing to stay for the full fight and, and not having to deal with that instant defusion at the end makes for a much more interesting fight. Especially, again, when Broly is is the underdog. He's the, the character that you're kind of rooting for in this fight because you don't want him to die at this point. Well, and so that moment where where Gogeta is charging up that last Kamehameha to kill him, like, I, I, I got, you know, it's making my heart pound. I don't I don't want this nice guy to die for no reason at all, you know? It's going to be quite a moment if they execute it correctly, get the right music, the right animation team. It's going to be quite a moment when Broly actually does join forces with Goku and Vegeta. That's going to oh. be a huge moment. Very big. Yes. Not just for the longtime Broly fans, but for the for the character of Broly after this movie. I, I think that's going to be a huge moment. I think if they do something like where he says, we have an army, well, we have a Broly, and he turns and he just, <laughs> they sick him on somebody, dude. I think, yes. I think it could be great. I think it could be fantastic. Um, and that's the genius of that that final you know moment where Goku shows up and he's a little creepy when he's like you know I can always find you no matter where you are but uh, <laughs> I, I love that moment where he shows up at the end and, and befriends Broly and they're completely like not trusting him at all through the entire conversation. It I mean, they, works so well. They could even do a thing where Bro- like a King Kong type of gimmick where Broly's going berserk and the only one to calm him down is Shilai. Like seeing Shilai is like you know oh like you know what I mean like because that's mm-hmm. his girl now like you know because the minute. Yeah. The minute she saw this dude fly across the planet and kill that worm thing, and she gave him that look. She gave him that look. See, if you've ever had a girlfriend before, or, <laughs> or if you ever dated, and you have a girl give you that look, go for it. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the look. She gave him the yep. look. Like, I want him <laughs> inside me, 18 plus. That's what she said, bro. <laughs> Poor Broly's going to lose virginity at 43 or however old he is, bro. I like how this guy's in his 40s, but he's got the body and look of like a 20, like 25-year-old guy. You know, Broly is. Saiyans have all the luck, don't they, man? Dude, um. he's so ripped to shreds, man. He's freaking right, in right. his 40s. What happened? <laughs> go. Yeah. Go listen to the Team Four Star thing and listen to Kaiser talk about him, dude. <laughs> oh well, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like I love that. But you know what would be almost as interesting to me? You know, I like the idea of the King Kong thing. But kind of going back to you know the 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 monster's ear that he wears is sort of like a, a cape type thing. It would almost be interesting to me if they tried to do that with Goku because they've already established the way that Goku has befriended this other monster was by sort of fight tra- you know uh, fighting him slash training with you him. You mean Broly kind of be- befriending the monster? You're talking about Ba? Yeah, yeah, his pet. Yeah. Yeah, when he when he befriends that, I thought I thought that was really cool, interesting foreshadowing for the fact that Goku and Broly would be friends sort of by the end of the movie because that's basically the same scenario. They had I a never fight, picked they really up got into on it that. And, I never picked mm-hmm. up on that connection. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's I, I love that. I, I and that's the kind of thing. That's that's what was driving me crazy watching this movie the second time. Is there are so many little things like that, and that's one that works. But there's so many little things like that that are almost there that could be really fun and thematic and interesting. And I just gotta wonder if it's in that that you know whatever mythical maybe, three thousand three hour version. Or maybe in the future, if Broly goes berserk, Goku can come up with like a code word or something like code word chill, and then Broly calms down because you don't want him to go too berserk to where he blows up planets and solar systems. Exactly. And whatnot. Yeah. Because he yeah, could exactly. do it. You know. There's oh, a lot yeah. of ways they could take this, man. I just, I hope it's good. 
that's that's the exciting thing about what this movie's done. It's sort of like how Battle of Gods was. Of after that movie came out, everyone was so excited about all the different directions you could go. And and the problem with a lot of Dragon Ball is it feels like it kind of writes itself into corners, and you have no there's nowhere it feels like it has to go. But now, right now, it feels like there are so many open windows that it can just dive through at any moment. Uh, yeah, and it's definitely not over. I mean, it's it's you know we've learned a lot of information in the past month or so uh mm-hmm. well past yeah month month and a half about the future of dragon ball toriyama already himself confirmed he's going to work on something new but you know we yeah, had been hearing that rumblings. weird interview where, where everyone thought like wasn't sure if it was another movie or something yeah and and well that was the mistranslation he said movie but no uh the uh we found out that and there's been lots of sources that have confirmed that or at least discussed have told mm-hmm. that uh it went into pre-production super the anime not the manga mm-hmm. that's still going on went into pre-production around october or so so we're expecting an announcement sometime this year without question it's just a matter of when um this time though when super does return inevitably to television if they're even going to call it that it's gonna be dragon ball whatever um it's not going to, it's hopefully, again, fingers crossed, because of the long pre production time, they're not going to have the same mistakes they made before. Hopefully, right. the writing will be better. Hopefully, the animation for sure will be better. But I am hoping the writing is better because to me, the writing is the most important thing. And let's be honest, Dragon Ball Super has had some subpar writing. Not the entire series, but there are things that, there are mistakes that were made that didn't have to be made. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, what I, what makes me hopeful about that is that it does feel like it has been consistently stepping up. You know, arc after arc, it seems to be. It's never quite gotten to you know, sort of like what you said. It's never gotten to where Dragon Ball or Z was, but it has gotten better. Because I feel like you know, the the Universe Six is okay. Uh, Future Trunks is a little better. You know, the right. tournament power is long and it has missteps, but I feel like there are just so many moments of of real brilliance in that arc that yeah. are kind of get overshadowed but they're they're still there and so if they keep that trajectory of of, of stepping up I, I will be happy if if every story honestly is as good as broly was i would be ecstatic i agree and, and that's not even the best story i mean there are flaws in that story too but i do agree in that it's i was surprised as to how many people like this movie because i didn't think it was going to get that much love like there's people who have not enjoyed Super at all. There's people mm-hmm. who downright despise Super who enjoyed this oh, movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've got some of them in my Twitter in my Twitter feed all the time, <laughs> all the time. But they like this movie, and that's interesting mm-hmm. to me. That's interesting. And to to me, that that to me is the strength of Broly as a character because again, he's he's the central plot of this the movie. The new Broly. Let's clarify they, that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The new Broly. Like yeah. Like he he is. He is such a sympathetic character. He gets you so much on his side that I think that 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 emotion, that emotional attachment carries the film. And I think that's why so many people love it. It's it's Dragon Ball and people love that and it's got great animation and people were super into that. But I think the ultimate core is as simple as Broly was that good of a character, was was a good enough character to get you on his side and, and carry you through the film. And that's ultimately what really matters. It's amazing how much you can pull out of a story with just a simple, well-executed character arc and, I, and people will jump on and i did love that toriyama chose to focus on broly like there's not mm-hmm. really too many places you can take the goku and vegeta characters now um as far as development goes you know you really can't i mean there's certain situations you could put them in but would it really work within the confines of dragon ball case in point you could do a storyline where 
you know, cheat, cheat, cheats on Goku right now. You could do that, but that's not Dragon Ball style. That that could no, work for another yeah. anime. That works right. for like Mary Jane and Peter Parker, right? That totally right. works in that world. But for Dragon Ball, it just doesn't. It doesn't. It's not the right tone. It's yeah. not the right tone. It doesn't fit. You know, there's what I'm trying to say. I use that as an example to say that there's different storylines they could take the characters in. But Goku and Vegeta at this point really have hit their peak as far as what you could do with the characters. So why not focus on Broly and really? You know, a lot of the side characters have been left out, especially of this movie, but there's not many places you can take them either. You know, you really, I think, have to focus on the new characters to make it interesting. Like, you know, I think hit, Jiren, me, the, whomever. The, the interesting thing to me about Goku, uh, especially, but Goku Vegeta saying to a certain degree as Goku well. Goku saying he's Kakarot, I think, was a big deal also. That was. That was a definitely a big deal. But the interesting thing to me about Goku is that for most of the series, he is pretty static as a character. He doesn't have a lot of character arc throughout. He matures a little bit over the course of the story, but he doesn't have many massive changes as a character. Goku as a kid is is pretty similar to Goku even now. They're, they're you know, childish, naive, and that kind of thing. And that's a type of storytelling that doesn't get a lot of, of love, I think. And there, there's certain reasons for that, because what you, you do want, you know, an easy way to make a strong character is to give him a strong arc where he makes a significant big change over the course of the story. Right, but and, and I think you, that Chi-Li might be the catalyst for that. Definitely, that could definitely work for, for Broly. But I think with Goku, it's it's sort of what you say. You, you, you bring in new characters and give him new people to, to bounce off of. I think that a lot of the side characters you could... Because, I mean, Toriyama, from what I understand, has said, like, he just decided who won fights of who was best for the story. So if he wants to, he could give he could give Piccolo God Key or whatever and have him come in. Whatever you know, Gohan, he wants. Yeah. Gokhan get, you know, start doing Ultra Instinct or whatever, have him back in the story. You could get Yamcha in there and give him, like, the Tree of Might fruit for no reason and, and make him powerful again. There's all kinds of things you can do with Dragon Ball. And that's the beauty of that story is that it is so flexible. You can always make new things. And it'll it'll drive the power scale as crazy, but everything's going to drive the power scale as crazy. I, I did – one thing I did love, I didn't even talk about this, is the fact that in this movie – Vegeta was not a J-Brone. In fact, when Vegeta fights Broly, he wins that fight, unquestionably. Uh -huh. Broly was starting to make a comeback. He was starting to get some hits on Vegeta, but Goku stepped in and interrupted the, the fight after Go after mm -hmm. Broly comes out of the water. But Vegeta won that fight. He has a W over Broly. Goku <laughs> lost his fight against mm -hmm. Broly. Um, I do love that they didn't wharf him. Like, that's yes. always what they do with him. Yeah, they, they just use him warf. to show how tough the other guy is. Yeah, I'm, and, and by the way, for those who don't understand the, what warfing is, have you explained it to them? Uh, I, I probably... Okay, so if you've Star ever Trek, seen Star the Trek next The Next Generation, yeah. every episode, you had this guy, Worf, he was one of the Klingons that's a warrior race in Star Trek. Big tough and guy. His, mm -hmm, and his job every episode was that a new alien would show up and he would just get his ass kicked to show that that alien was tough. And if it was really tough, then it would go fight Data and it lose, and Data would lose that fight. Because right. Data was their super, super android that, that was super strong and all this stuff. Data was um, way more powerful than Worf. We're, po we're power scaling... Uh, Next generation. I guess it would be. <laughs> I guess the the order it would be Q at the top because you can't you uh -huh, can't mess yep. around with Q. Uh, no, he's God essentially. Essentially, right? Or the Q continuum, whatever mm -hmm. uh, conundrum, whatever it's called. Then maybe the Borg would be second. Would you put them underneath Q, or is there somebody? You know, I, I maybe think I would Guinan. I would put Data slightly. Oh yeah, Guinan. I forgot about Guinan. Yeah, it would go. Q, you would put Guinan. Data above 
the Borg because he was able to resist the uh, the the, the in, in uh, first contact he was able to resist being assimilated. Is that why you put him there? I, it's it's that and the fact that he has that humanity. He can think around corners in a way that I think that the Borg can't. And so like he's just like he's right there. Like he's he's sort of like Goku and Vegeta. Like they're right within you know a little bit of each other. But you know there's probably one that is better. But I I would put I would put uh, Data a little bit above the Borg. Okay, and then the Borg, and then where would you go? Would it be would it be uh God, the thing is, it's hard because there's so many episodes now, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm trying to relive seven seasons in my brain, and I can't, <laughs> I can't do it. I'm trying well, here. Just don't, just don't relive relive that first series because it's not worth it, man. That first series was ooh. It was are, you, bad. are you talking about the, the the old Star Trek? The, the, the no, no, I mean Shatner? not series. The the first season of of Star Trek: A New Generation is oh, it's it's not good, man. I, no, I the like other seasons it. are great. I like it because oh. Q, Q, dude, Q is amazing. I love Q. Q. Q in the first episode is pretty good, but like that that whole that whole first season had a lot of Gene Roddenberry still there and still being like super arrogant and kind of a dick about like how awesome the the future human race is gonna be and it's just ah it's not good for me. No, I like, I, I I like later from. Trek when when they kind of let the characters be more human and let them have disagreements and that kind of thing and be less of a less preachy, you know. So where would you put Guinan's race at? Because uh, she's got like a psychic powers. Uh, yeah, was, was she, is she above Data? <sighs> Cause she's not. She I feel like she's strong. She's like mortal right now, bro. In, in the manga, Dragon Ball. Yeah, I feel like. Oh, that is a hard. Also, a where hard would choice. you put the phony god from Star Trek Five, bro? The the. <laughs> what's you know what I'm talking about? What's his name? Man, uh, oh, uh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, I, I'm, you're man, you're a, reaching deep on this. You're such a nerd, bro. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Um, uh, I think it's just God. I think they just talk to him as as though he's God. Yeah, but did, wasn't there a specific God that that Spock's brother thought he was? Shockery, uh, oh, Shockery. Right. That's, that's right. That's right. Because they because they were originally gonna have Sean Connery play him, so they were just like, let's make him Shockery. <laughs> that's the cheat. Well, that that movie. Oh, that movie's so cheesy, dude. Chatner directed it. But yeah, no, Man. it was funny because the show Shockery thing. I think I okay. There was a novel that came out where they revealed that. Shakari or that god had like a beef with the Q. Uh, there was a novel that came out that revealed. I never read it, but I remember reading about the novel, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, they tied everything together. That's kind of cool, I guess." <laughs> I feel like that's got to be like sort of how the the Star Wars novels are. There's like a Star Wars novel of everything of every character that's ever existed, and there's weird stuff that's going on with it. Like like there's one of those bounty uh, hunters that shows up in Empire Strikes Back. That if you read the novels, at one point it had been uploaded into one of the Death Stars, and so it dies when like, and that was its whole plan was to take over the Death Star and rule the world as this like super robot and then it just blows up immediately afterwards <laughs> where, where would you rank like um the tholians the tholians from, it's from it's from the original star wars series it's like those weird red things that had like godlike powers oh, that's from the old uh, 60s star trailer I, I, yeah. again i don't have many memories on these characters either i'm, I'm looking back I'm, I'm not super familiar with the. I think I know who you're talking about because of I, I watched this guy SF Debris do a lot of yeah he's of, ma- of yeah Star Trek Lance kind of told me about him he's a, he's, a, he's mm-hmm. like the geek the mortal one of uh, of Star, the god that's egotistical but he, yeah he's <laughs> like that he's like that yeah 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 I like that guy a lot though he's he's real good um yeah I don't know I don't I'd have to watch that specific stuff to really rank those guys yeah what about the uh, changelings 
Like they're pretty. Powerful. Oh yeah, but you know, okay, you want to know where it would get real bad if you tried to start doing sci-fi power scaling is if you could bring Doctor Who into this because there's some nutty, nutty craziness in Doctor Who. I've never seen Doctor Who ever, dude. Is it true really? that like, yeah, I've never seen it, but is it true that like in the the old TV series, some tapes were lost, so there's like no yeah. footage, and yet mm-hmm. the, all you can do is hear the audio. That sucks, yo. I would be that, pissed off as a Doctor. Hell Who yeah, fan. it's it, there's a lot of Doctor Who fans that are real mad about. It. There's some that as as, as I understand understand it they're just gone like there's not even audio of it um and so and nobody recorded the tapes back when they were on television way back when uh either no one recorded it for the, like no one's you know sat in their house and recorded it and then like the what happened was uh at the time they just reused tapes as you know because they in the studios reason, couldn't yeah. afford to yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah, just yeah. reused tapes and so they recorded over the stuff and and it's just it's gone and no one's been able to find a copy of it and so that like there's some people who have who know what happened and happened in those episodes as i understand it but it, the the video itself is just it's gone that angers me i don't like that mm-hmm. I, i'm not it's even a fan and i don't like it yeah anyways back to broly we're we're, we're talking about doctor who and star trek power scaling here <laughs> Jesus. well uh let's see i think i've pretty much run through everything that i wanted to talk about is there anything else that you can think of that would be interesting to to bring up uh, I mean, there's just, we talked about everything, I think. I'm trying to, Gogeta, okay, well, Gogeta was cool. I mean, that, the, the fight scene was, was way too fast. It does take multiple viewings to see everything. It's I definitely not- understood it a lot better the second time around. There's definitely a lot of stuff that I picked up the second time I watched it that I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't see that the first time just because it was so intensely, like, quick, everything happening. Absolutely. Um, You're 100% right on that. And it's also, it's interesting because, uh, it's not Toriyama's style. Toriyama's style of, of writing fights, if you read the manga, is definitely not that. Uh, mm, Toriyama no. likes to, to orchestrate his fights more like chess matches, which I like. Yeah. I enjoy that. Um, but mm-hmm. for a movie, great. Yeah, I, I agree. It is it is really good for that. And at that moment when they go into that alternate dimension is so weird, though. Like, I have, it's I have awesome, no idea why though. they tried to do that. It's awesome, but it's just such a weird decision to do that. It doesn't feel, it feels like something out of Doctor Strange. It doesn't feel necessarily Dragon Ball to me. It doesn't, but, and it was, it was like Dormammu, yeah. It doesn't, but I think it works for the movie because they got that high quality animation theme. So, or yeah. high quality animation team, excuse me, not theme. Yeah, and I just, I gotta, I love how even when Gogeta is, is in Super <laughs> Saiyan form, he's, <laughs> I love how he, that's okay. Uh, even when Gogeta is in in Super Saiyan, not quite to Super Saiyan Blue, Broly's up there trying. He's trying to win that fight, and I feel he like hung, in other movies he hung in he, there. He would not have like in other movies it would have just been an all in out like Jiren versus Goku before Goku got Ultra Instinct level beat down. Like that's how it normally goes. I feel like, and it's not usually you don't get you don't get to see the the opponent have heart like that. You Broly know? survived the Soul Punisher. Yeah, which they got I, a when huge I saw, reaction in the theater as well. The first time I saw that, I was like, "Oh, are they ending the fight already?" I thought there was some other like thing where they're in different. You dimensions. avoided yeah. spoilers because, to a certain degree, yeah. yeah like I, I yeah, like I, I, I didn't, uh, yeah, actively avoid them just because I, I'm not one of those people that is like, "Oh, spoilers ruin everything." I, I don't mind spoilers at all. Um, but, but, but yeah. I did take, I did break on the channel that Gogeta does not win with that move, and yeah. And I didn't even know he did the move. And then he did it, and it was like, oh, but he didn't win. But Goku, Broly just powered out of it, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of sad that we didn't get to see Super Saiyan God Gogeta. That would have been interesting. I don't know why they didn't just throw it in there for like two seconds to sell a toy. Like two seconds throw it in there just for two seconds. Why? I don't. Maybe they're trying to save it for a later thing. I. I, Why? I don't know. know. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know either. Well, I I think that's that's pretty much everything I've got. Um. 
yeah, this has been a lot of fun. We should do this again sometime. Absolutely. I would be down to do that. Cool, cool. We'll talk about right, nerd then. stuff in the future, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. If you want, if you want to do your uh, do some some Star Wars, Star Trek power scaling, let me know. <laughs> I'm down for some Star Trek, bro. Because look, here's the thing about Trek. The new Trek, I haven't watched it. I've heard nothing but bad things from the from the Trek hardcore fans. They, you mean uh, Discovery, right? Yeah, I've heard nothing but bad things. Nothing <laughs> but bad things. Now that being said, I'm so sad that Star Wars and Star Trek right now are in this weird kind of holding period where we're kind of waiting yeah. for the next thing it's and then dragon ball is just cooking like <laughs> you're I'm right stunned because because i've always thought that like star i hate to say this but i'm being honest i always thought that star wars and star trek were a little more consistent in their quality at one time even mm-hmm. not including the the prequels but i mean just like the the novels and everything but dragon ball has been the most consistent thing even though super's not as i don't think super's as good as any of the star wars um original movies at all i mean it's just, oh no you know. no mm-hmm. but that being said um it's it, it's just a weird time right now i don't know it definitely is like marvel's They're- owns everything now dude i feel like marvel's all there is you know well, that's what they need it. Like, because the reason that Marvel is so good is that it has a guy at the top that has decided. It's yeah. got great leadership. You know, it's got. Is it uh, Kevin Feige? Is that his name? Um, uh, Feige, Feige, Kevin Feige. Feige. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Feige yeah. is is over there. You know, he's he's keeping everything in a. He's got a, it's got a consistent direction. The movies all feel like they're cohesive and in this world. You know, as opposed to uh, Star Wars, where you had. Um, what's his name? The the director who did Force Awakens. Um, you had J.J. Abrams doing Force yeah. Awakens. Then you had Ryan You've Johnson got, doing uh, Last Jedi. Yeah, you, we've got J.J. Abrams coming in and just winging Force Awakens and just kind of like, okay, I'm going to set up all these mystery boxes that some other guy will have to deal with. And then Ryan Johnson comes in and he's got this whole mess to deal with. Like, so he takes it in the direction. Yeah. yeah and then now J.J.'s know, got to fix that mess. Exactly. They they need someone at the head who can who can give this a consistent direction you you don't need to <laughs> there's a thing that they said about world war ii where they were when they were trying to um change their plans essentially and the guy goes you know you don't you don't uh oh you don't improvise the the movement of ten thousand men you don't need to improvise the the story of a an epic like star star wars you know like that that might have worked for for george in the first thing but it it just doesn't work if you're trying to do it at, at this level. When you've got that many cooks, you know, working in the in the kitchen, it just doesn't. You, you need consistency. You need a a plan. And if you just try to wing it, it's gonna it's gonna not go well. And what know? I and what I love is that the MCU did have a plan, but Kevin Feige was smart enough to kind of change his mind and shift directions. Because remember, mm-hmm. the original idea when the MCU was first starting was that Avengers was gonna be kind of like. You know the big climax, and then they were gonna do Avengers Two was gonna be uh, Thanos, and then um, Josh Whedon said, "No, I want to do Ultron," so they postponed Thanos until Avengers Three. But uh, they originally weren't even gonna do a Doctor Strange or a Captain Marvel or a Spider Man. Now Sony made that deal recently, yeah, 2016, mm-hmm. I think, 2015. Yep, and uh, they weren't even gonna add and Guardians and that. So that so Kevin Feige had to kind of twist the story and make some changes, but it still worked out. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if. I don't know if Kathleen Kennedy, because everybody blames her, but I don't know if she, she's she's got skills that Kevin Feige does not have as far as being a producer and having connections in Hollywood. Right. But I don't think she's. I think I don't I think, think that Feige has the storytelling skills. That's that what I'm saying, and I don't think she's that big of a Star Wars fan. I think JJ mm-hmm. and Ryan Johnson. 
I think those directors are freaking because you know they talk about how much they love old Star Wars. Oh yeah. As much as you want, to, as long as people want to trash on Ryan Johnson, he is a fan. He's a legitimate fan. Um, oh yeah. In fact, you can, that, you can tell that from that story. Of yeah, course. Like, and, and when you look at that one time when he went after the trolls, when he showed that that remember how the trolls were going at him for having Luke do the force projection thing, and he went, and he showed that book from mm-hmm. that old EU book, and he's like, oh yep. look, it's actually a power. Like the dude's oh, yeah. a legitimate nerd, and I respect him for that. But um, you know, I didn't like the direction of the characters. But either the, way, I don't the know. The thing of that movie. Is that it is, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think that that's that the Last Jedi would have worked really, really well if it had not been a story about characters that we already loved and had these specific emotional attachments and desires for for the characters. Um, I think that if you had set this same story, the same events play out the exact same way, you set that in like the the Knights of the Old Republic era. I think that story would have gone off oh, amazingly. The Everyone problem would have loved is it. that he's screwing around with Luke, bro, mm-hmm. and Luke is a sacred character. Like mm-hmm. I don't think they even realize. Because I didn't, and Luke's my favorite character. Mm-hmm. I did not realize how many other fans. I thought, okay, here's my mentality. I thought everybody was a Han fanboy. I was a Luke fanboy growing up. Me too, and man. I, me too. I, I was stunned as to how many people were like, "Oh, Luke's been Luke's been ruined. Luke's been ruined." I'm like, so you love Luke too? I thought I was mm-hmm. the only Luke fan. I thought everybody liked yep. Han. Man, so the, I mean, the that was I saw. My first experience with with Star Wars ever was it was not the first Star Wars movie. It was Return, Return of the Jedi. Jedi. Same it's, here. It's, that was the first one moment. I watched. Mm-hmm. And in the, if you think if you look at that movie, Luke is a badass in that movie. Don't even he get me awesome started the whole bro. way through. Don't even get me started. Don't even get. And, I'm, I'm, I'm about to get a hard on right now, bro. No, he's <laughs> then, alpha, and, bro. He's alpha. Exactly. In the whole movie. He totally is. Jabba, is much more. The, this is your <laughs> last chance. Free us or die. That's the Luke. that's the Luke mm. that I like, bro. For sure, that's great, and 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 Han is much more the goofy sidekick, funny guy in that movie. And I wonder if that's what it is. Is if if your first introduction is is Luke as the badass, you love him, and if your first introduction is Han as the badass, you love him. I don't know, but, well, but that's, well, that's how it was for me. I love both, but you're right. I love Luke more because in, in Empire, see, I love how in Jedi. The two real badasses, in my opinion, are Luke and the Emperor. Because the Emperor's a badass in that movie, mm, bro. Yeah. You know, your faith in your friends is yours. Like the other oh, That then, guy is cold, cold, but, cold. But in Empire, it's Han and Vader. Han is like, mm. you know, the you be crazy enough to be crazy to follow us. You know, we're gonna get you into an asteroid field. <laughs> da, 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 yeah. He's an alpha. That moment bro. where he he shows up, Vader's there. Vader is is the most powerful monster we know of in this At series. The and table. Han doesn't even blink and push, pulls out his gun and starts shooting. That's and so Vader cool. blocks it with his hand. Oh, Vader oh, was yeah. No, Vader was was angry in that movie. Yo, killing mm-hmm. off freaking his own men and mm-hmm. you know walking around with a purpose. I am altering <laughs> the deal. Pray I don't alter any further. Like oh, he was alpha yeah. in that movie, bro. And that's what I'm saying. Like an Empire, that's their story. Jedi is Luke and the Emperor. I, I, that's the way yeah. I've always looked at it. So yeah, for sure, for sure. Anyways, we're talking nerds. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> nerdy, yeah. bro. I kind of need to go ahead and get going. So, um, but yeah, so let's let's go ahead and uh, and end it there. This was a lot of fun. I had a really good time with this. Yes, I was a blast. You should come on my channel sometime. I'll think of a topic or something. We'll figure it Anytime. out. Anytime. I'm I'm happy to be there. Just just let me know and I will I will show up for it.